When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pretty day outside. We make our way into the weekend together. Let's go. Those games last night, huh? There you go. That's what I'm talking about. The tournament was good last night. Like, really good. I'm tired the tournament was so good. I stayed up late. Watch Gonzaga's comeback. Yeah, that's what I'm gathering here is that you, you made it all the way. I did not. But uh, Well, to, you were recovering. You're still recovering. Yes. To wake up, though, and see that Mick Cronin will need to recover for some time mm. from this loss that he couldn't be gracious about for five seconds. Just I didn't side. see his post-game press conference, so I saw you tweeted about it, and I know you hate him. I, you have a special hate in your heart for him, I which do. is fine. Uh, but I didn't. I, what did he say? Oh, he said, first of all, I don't have an opening statement. It took me 33 minutes to be allowed in this room, which is ridiculous. Oh, my God. So he's bitching about it after the loss. Yep. Come on, man. At least, you know, th- th- hold on. This is something that this is why you're it's you're free to bash him all you want before you even tell me what else he said. You're the head coach, man. You're the head coach. You're the example that the kids are going to follow, that the young men are going to follow. You know this. You know this. Every adult knows it. Okay. Now we're not perfect, and we do all kinds of things that we later regret and wish we hadn't done or said. But something as simple as understanding the moment, where you are, what just happened, and what is expected of you, that's the bare minimum. You can't go be a bitch 30-something minutes after you lose and and behave like a petulant child in front of those guys. That's the message you're sending them now. When the, whenever the next setback that they incur in life happens, it's okay. Just blame it on other people and deflect. Come on, man. Yep. I don't. That is something. That is something. How about that? Well, you know, there it is. I mean, listening to um, Tom's not speaking. He hasn't said anything. We were listening to audio from Cronin prattling on. YouTubers didn't hear it. 
Actually, it's probably a good thing. We might have gotten flagged. But uh, suffice to say, it was 44 seconds of all excuses, no accountability. Radio audience heard it just fine. I'm glad the radio audience heard it. But, yeah, um, that's the <laughs> – you guys need to go back and listen to it. It was awesome. What a clown. And you can't you can't do it. And this is one of the many reasons that, you know, we like Leonard. But I, it, it's that is brutal. There's a time and a place. That's certainly not it. And they choked and got beat. And at the end of it, it was fun to uh, to watch. But, you know, that the Kansas State game, you know, that was incredible. Watching the ending of that game and how that played out into overtime. That, all of it. I really had a good time last night. Good, because I haven't really loved the tournament. Um, but last night you had high quality play and a lot of great games and a lot of big moments and uh, that was that was good stuff to watch. Um, <laughs> that was uh, that was fun to see. And then I hope obviously that we get something of good news this weekend from the baseball team. But I fear we will not. The news has already been good. playing. Yeah, they had to move up today's first pitch to one o'clock due to bad weather. And I know what you're alluding to, which is uh, you know a useful arm is not available. Yeah, useful arms not available in Wyatt Crowell, and um, you know I, I don't. That that's frustrating. It, it's it's <laughs> you're you're fighting on the road against a better team, so it's an ACC series. You're just hoping can we get a win? Well, that'd be the one. That'd be the guy. Now we'll see. They got to play the games, and it's baseball, and weird things happen, and maybe they go play really well and find a way to steal a couple. I don't I don't know. It is baseball. You hold out that kind of hope. I mean, I. I bring it up all the time that baseball is a weird sport. In Major League Baseball, the best team could win 100 games and lose 62 of them. And if you search through and parse those 62, you'll see a series sweep at the hands of oftentimes a team that's uh, well below 500. It, it just happens. So you're never out of it. And you never you never lose uh, that hope that things can happen uh, in, in a positive way. But if you just look at the two teams, just like you did with Florida the other night, you realize, man, they're up against it. And then you don't have your best arm. Uh, it's, it's very, very, very frustrating. We'll, uh, we'll monitor any score yet. I haven't checked over there to see if there's anything going on in that game, but uh, we, we can kind of keep you updated as best we can. Looks like no score as yet. All right. So onward we go, which is uh, to talk football and they give us a lot of reasons, man. I know how excited you were to be back out there yesterday. And it was another reminder, uh, reminder, excuse me, for me, uh, to, to just be excited every day we get a chance to go out there because most of the time, this time of year, the weather's beautiful and the play is sterling. They play on Saturday. That is to say they scrimmage on Saturday. We are not uh, available for that in this sense that uh, nobody is. The press is not allowed to watch that scrimmage. We'll have to hear back. That tune-up that took place yesterday was a good one. I think it was pretty intense. I was hoping it would be. And now we get this scrimmage. It does seem an awful lot like they're, this is – it's going to be a fascinating read based on what we hear from him, meaning Mike Norvell, on these on these backup quarterbacks. That's kind of the story here. I, it doesn't sound like Jordan's going to play much at all. Uh, he's going to play. Obviously, it sounds like they're going to give him a series. I think I described it aptly before that I, I think this will be a lot like NFL preseason. He's going to get a series maybe on Saturday, and then they're sitting him. And, and then you're going to get all of those. You know, you're going to get Tate and, and AJ and, and your guy. Who continues to look good. Brock Glenn. Yeah. That's right. Brock is um not nervous. Golly. I, you know, I gotta be careful. We gotta be careful with the narrative that we create around a true freshman quarterback who's been here for a couple weeks. But I'll tell you this, I agree with Tom in this sense. Like, there's something to him. He's got a lot of what for to him early in his career here. He's a big, strong kid. 
and he's not afraid. I mean, he'll let it zip. He'll let it go. And yesterday, there were a couple throws that made you think, oh, he's understanding aspects of the offense. Okay, well, now this is getting interesting. That's football-related. That's not physical. That's football-related. That's IQ. That's, okay, all right. You got my attention, young man. I'm paying attention to you. Yeah, and it's this is not to say that, you know, A.J. Duffy hasn't been impressive in he's, camp He's gotten so better. Far. You can tell he's he gotten has. better. Yeah. He's gotten a lot better. But last year, his first camp, Duffy wowed on day one. I mean, straight up wowed. Day one, he might have been the best quarterback that day. I remember you guys did a, a rap, you and Corey. Oh, he was awesome on day one. Yeah, he was. And then that was kind of it, yep. you know. In grand terms opening, of, grand closing. Yep. Right. Glenn was good on day one. Uh, you were actually out there for that practice again, and, and he was fine. But he's been consistently solid, and he's going to push that room. As a true freshman, he's going to push them to be better, which I think is a bonus because what you need the kid to do when he's in his first camp is just not, you know, sink in the deep end. Let's learn how to swim. No big deal. He's already starting to push, I think, by putting good reps on film. When they're going to be in the, in the quarterback room and grading the performance from the scrimmage or any of their practices, I guarantee you they clip up some stuff that Glenn does that's good that can inform the room. Doesn't mean he's going to challenge for the backup spot this fall. It just Of course not. It just means that when he's taking a rep, you don't look elsewhere to what's going on on the other side of the field. You you stick around and you say, "All right, what's 11 going to do here?" He's been solid. I just think it's interesting because I typically I, I try to catch myself and just say, "All right, let's let's just ignore this and and understand that that kid's going to be in the weeds soon enough and there's no reason to get excited about a true freshman quarterback other than you got a kid that you were recruiting heavily and you were hoping you could land and you did but as far as expectations for year one let's just really not worry about it pay attention or divert your attention to other areas unless he demands otherwise well okay you know you start to demand i pay attention to your reps in these practices, uh, because that's not the first time, and this was the most definitive. Again, I do not want to paint the picture that, oh, my God, Brockland's a freshman phenom, and he's going to start. I'm just saying, throws a pretty football. He's a strong kid, and he seems to have a really good acumen for football. He's learning the offense very quickly. He's learning, and he throws on time, in rhythm, all of it. There's not a lot of that pumping, I don't know what to do, I'm going to take off moment for yeah, him. Yeah, that, that happened a couple times yesterday, but when it happened, I said, oh, that's it. I'm, okay, he can hold the ball too long, which is, hey, the other thing that's happening too is there are plenty of moments where there are coverage sacks. You know, there's some things that weren't noted in the observations piece last night. I was focusing more on skill mm -hmm. than I was trenches and, and some of the 11 on 11. But last night, there, there were, or towards the end of yesterday's practice in the evening, there were a couple of plays that were straight-up coverage sacks, which that means there was good protection, number one. Wow. That means there was good coverage downfield, number two. Wow. And then there's a play made because of those two things that are both in concert. Mm -hmm. It wasn't instant mm -hmm. pressure because of bad protection, and it wasn't a blitz pressure. It was just, hey, man, good job. One tick, two tick, three tick. First-team offense, plays blown dead, coverage sack. Good thing to see. I think the balance, the, the the wins and losses from offense to defense and, you know, who takes the day on a Tuesday and then how does the defense, if it's the offense, how does the defense rally back on a Thursday? Like, this is the story of the spring so far, that the competition and the balance of who wins is just that. It's it's even. It's it's balanced. It's been fantastic. I wonder when you're going to share the nugget about uh, the trenches you saw yesterday because uh, the star of camp, at least for one rep, Met a match. 
Yeah, well, Daryl Jackson got flattened by Keandre Jones. Or Ke- yeah, Keandre Jones. Yes. There it is. Yeah, he did. And it, it's the first time in camp that I've seen anybody do that to him. And he did it. It was get you some pancake. But, you know, I they have, they've got some dudes in short yardage. I don't know who's going to win the job. I don't know who's going to be. Amongst that starting five, I got to guess early on, we all do. But it's a very fluid situation on the offensive line. And that, too, is good news, buddy, because one day you think, oh, that guy right there, he's going to, surely he's going to start. And then the next day, you think, eh, you know what? So-and-so's still battling over there. Oh, bless Harris is going to try to hold on to that job. And then you, the next day, it's somebody different. So that that's going on a lot. But there's no doubt that they have dudes that in situations may be better suited than in others. And so you can look at a short yardage uh, situation, red zone situation, and say, well, they've got the requisite mass for third and a yard. They got that in spades. They've got it. In theory, there is nothing wrong with rotating offensive linemen. No, there's not. I don't care if you know that I'm going to quarterback sneak. I'm going to do so with my four 350-pounders here, and there's nothing you can do about it. See the Eagles. I mean, they they mastered that thing so much so they got to make a rule to stop that nonsense. Doesn't even look like football. But yeah, they've got yeah they had some dudes. It was a good day for the offensive line. There were a lot of guys that had moments. I'll tell you what, you know, Mike after practice talked about it. Julian Armella's had a good camp so far early on. He's really yes. looked good. He's mature. He battles through some things. I think he's had a nagging sort of ankle thing going on. Physically with him. mature too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's huge. And he's just he's matured a lot. He's very focused. I, I mean, he's methodical. I think that's a good way of looking at him right now. He's methodical. He's technical to go along with the size that he's put on. He was already big, but now he's even bigger. He's taking a big step forward. And I think it was interesting that Mike chose to call him out by name yesterday after practice. He doesn't always do that. He's hesitant to do that at times, but he did it yesterday, and I think it's the right thing to do. He's looked good. A lot of guys have, though. It's it, That's the good news. A lot of guys have. Like, we sit there, all of us up there, everybody on the beat, and kind of have our groups, and we all move around, and I I hope, I hyper focus, excuse me, on the offensive and defensive lines yesterday. And uh, we just took turns pointing out, like, oh, that's another good rep there. there. That's a good rep from Charlton. That's a good rep from, you know, just a lot of guys where you could say that's a good rep. That's a good rep. And then there are the moments Jared Verse just blows everybody up and tells them all about it over and over and over again at the top of his lungs while other reps are going on. <laughs> you're like, okay, man. And it's he, you're like that he's our red ass. You like that he's that guy for us. But, yeah. God, that would be tough. To oh, he's ruthless. It yeah. would it never gets so I mean it never it never goes away. That's the thing. You know, last year when everybody was asking about Armello this, Armello that, I was more cool on him because he could win an impressive rep even against the Jared Verse. But then when he looked bad, he was made to look awful in fall camp. Remember some of those, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. humiliating reps. You don't need those things to happen on the field on a Saturday. In practice, that's no big deal. You brush the dust off, the dirt off, here you go, get ready next rep. In a game, that might leave more of a lasting impression and hurt your development a little bit. Yeah. Well, now I'm talking about this kid because he does look physically mature. He doesn't take anything from anybody, which is awesome, because that means that he is going to be an enforcer type. 
in a good way. You want that to be a hallmark of your offensive line. And as good as Dylan Gibbons was for us, I don't know that enforcer is one of the legacy points no. that he'll have, you know, for the next guy to take over, which is, all right, I'm the guy who's going to clear the pile in a legal way without getting flagged. I'm going to make sure, hey, if you if you spend one extra tick with my quarterback, I'm going to separate you and I'm going to do so vigorously. We don't really have the Ryan Jensen no, of this no, offensive line. You, you, you always like to have a Ryan Jensen. Armella he, looks like he's going to he be, be that our, guy yes, yeah. at tackle, he, but our Ryan Jensen. He could be that guy. As we go to break, I will update you here. Many of you mentioned it in the chat, and I saw it also online here uh, in other outlets. Yes, the UVA starting pitcher, Nick Parker, unfortunately took a shot off the dome. Um, Tibbs hit a rocket back at him, and Tibbs will hit a rocket. That kid's at-bat, every one of them. I love watching every one of his at-bats. Even his outs, he's just a badass. Anyhow, this isn't the praise Tibbs, but he squared one up again, as he's wont to do. Unfortunately, he hit Nick Parker in the head. And uh, he's up, okay, walked off under his own power. That's good. That is really good news. Um, but he, he did. He walked off under his own power. So we, we'll see there. I don't know. if I, I'm assuming he's done for the day. Again, that's not like I'm not saying that, that I'm excited for that. I'm just giving you an update on what happened. So we'll keep you posted there. Nick Parker got up and walked off the field. It's always scary, man. I hate seeing it. Aren't too, like A lot of things in sports, injuries happen. We watch the games. A lot of times you're kind of like, oh, I hate that. He'll be all right. Line drives off the head and hit batsman in the head. Yeah. I, I I always get queasy. I, uh, you, you feel like that's the closest thing we see on a routine, regular, fairly regular basis in sport where you think, is that guy dead? Like, it scares you. Yeah, the um the other situation as a hockey fan is when a guy is boarded face first. Oh, into the, yeah. And the you net. see, well, or the nose goes into the leading edge yeah. uh, underneath the glass. Oh, yeah, you're like, that uh, could be fatal. Yeah, it could be. And it's the sound of the of the comebacker that is the most one of the most really just disgusting yeah. sounds in sports. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's tough. I don't. I will say this really quick while we're on the subject, because ninety nine point nine percent of the time, the people are fine. Everybody's fine. The guy that gets boarded in hockey, the line drive off the head, the hit batsman in the head. These guys go on to have a career and they're all right. But I don't know how. I get it in hockey a little bit more. If you don't break my neck and I can breathe still, I'll get up and I'm probably thinking about beating your ass at some point. But but in baseball, that would be in your DNA if yeah, you're on the ice. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's what I'm thinking about. But in baseball, if I if I never got hit in the head, I got hit in the ribs a lot. I got hit in the elbow and the hands, and I uh, hate getting hand, the hands and the wrist are brutal because that's a problem. A it hurts and all those little bones they are usually fractured. It's a problem. You had an eye issue, so you routinely I got hit everywhere. If they said point on the doll where where the baseball hurts you, I'd cover it in a blanket. I would just cover it in a blanket and say there, everywhere the blanket touches. This is a we're at a trial. This is the video we recorded when Tom was seeing a therapist after uh, his little league season. It's still a problem. I, I'd have an issue going in the batting cage. Maybe we can do a video series on me overcoming this. But you I don't think you need up, to at your age. Just let it go. You don't need to be in the box facing, you know, 90. You could wind up with a slap shot. I'll stand right in front of you. It's all right. Uh, I'm going to be okay. It's yeah. going to hurt. But, right. But there's the psychology of being in the batter's mm -hmm. box. It's a problem. <laughs> because you wore it because you had a stigma. In, Everywhere. Yeah, and, stigmatism. Yeah. And well, you're right. Yeah. There's 20 and 100 on the left side. That's uh, maybe I should have squared up to the mound a little <laughs> bit more so I can see with a good like, eye. If you, when you go to Little League games and kids get hit, oftentimes they turn to the baseball, yeah, which, I did. Which, which is not what you should ever do. You're always yeah. taught to just turn your back. 
<laughs> when I see kids, act, they haven't learned it. The muscle memory isn't there yet. And they turn into it. You're like, it's hard to keep from laughing. It's awful because the kid gets you hit. chuckle at me. <laughs> I'd pull the bat up above my head oh, and kind of dive out the like way. Because I can't see. Matthew, you played baseball. How ridiculous is that? My man, turn it <laughs> When you can't see what's coming at you, you do strange stuff. I know. I know. I know. That's tough. But what my point was before we go to break, it is definitely a loosey-goosey edition of the show today, uh, is that when I see a major leaguer or college kid get hit with 90 in the face, in the head, I like to think I'm tough. I don't, I'm not as tough as the guy that gets back in the box and doesn't flinch on an inside pitch in his next at bat. I'm not that tough. I'm not. I would flinch. I know I would. It hurts, man. It hurts to get hit with a baseball. Don't ever pretend that it doesn't. People are like, oh, it was it was a breaking ball. Man, stand there. Let me hit you with 67 off your elbow. Yeah. It it hurts. I mean, you can handle it, but it hurts. It's like it's enough to make you go, oh man. I've blocked a hockey puck in the chest and I was wearing a necklace and it pierced my chest and I and I pulled up the pads and it, there was all blood. I was wondering if I was dead. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's no problem. Doesn't bother you. Once I see the puncture, when we put a Band-Aid on it, You're we're go. out there on the next yeah, shift. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. Batter's box. Oh, man. Well, that, it's funny. You're right. The psychology is interesting. I boxed a little bit, and I got no problem getting hit in the face. Like, I'll take a punch to throw a punch, So, or at least I did. But, like, my point would be I can handle that. You work your way up to it, but you, you get to where you can handle it. I've broken my nose three times. I'm like, okay, let's go. But – a baseball hitting me in, in in the face or head? No, I I I don't think I would be okay. I've seen, you know, we've all seen like big time power hitters who crowd the plate and wear shots at various points, neck, head area. Next day they're on the diamond. You're like, look at my man out here taking a 97 in on the hands, just backing up a little bit. No, I'd be halfway in the dugout. <laughs> like they would be laughing at me. I'd be running out of the stadium. It's Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio Warchant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply what's up guys our next partner that you're going to hear from is athletic greens you've heard me talk about athletic greens in the past happy to talk about them again i take athletic greens every day and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens, 
And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. And I'll address it here. Uh, and the question is, is uh, Derek McClendon transferring? Uh, and I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but that question has been asked on the boards and other places. And... Their policy. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go strictly by the books here. I don't. There you go. Well, no, I, I, I'm not gonna. This isn't conjecture. Their policy, and they've been good about this. So I'm. This is a complete hypothetical. All right. Sure. It, it is. is. No, this is a complete hypothetical. Jerry Smith. We don't have a guy on the team named Jerry Smith, right? All right. So here we are. Let's let's go out to practice. Jerry Smith is a is a running back, and uh, we're we're there on Tuesday, and Jerry Smith doesn't practice. Oh, man, no Jerry Smith today, huh? So that that's normal. Football practice is hard. You get dinged, you get bruised, you get beat up. Sometimes you have class. Things happen. So nobody raises an eyebrow on that Tuesday that Jerry Smith's not there. Other than to maybe say in passing, did anybody catch his, is Jerry Smith here today? That's kind of how that happens, right? And then somebody will say, no, I don't see him. He's number 27. Yeah, he's number 27. No, I didn't see 27 out there today. Okay, duly noted. And all that happens is nobody necessarily asks about it that day because guys miss practice all the time. The next practice that you go to, you look immediately during warm-ups for number 27 in this hypothetical for Jerry Smith. Now you're looking for him. And Thursday rolls around, and uh, and you don't see him. What's wrong? You going to tell me something here? No, oh, everything's okay. good. one nothing Florida State, double to start the bottom of the first for Virginia. There you go. Uh, so now you're looking for Jerry Smith, and you're thinking, okay, he's not out there today. Okay, typically at that point, it's kind of open – for the press to, to maybe say something, right? It, if you're doing it right, I think most of us would agree that you either walk over to Derek or you or or if you can talk to Mike, you'll go to him and pull him aside before the cameras are rolling, before anybody's recording, and you'll say, hey, I just want to ask real quick. I, I noticed Jerry wasn't here on Tuesday, and Jerry wasn't here again today. I don't know if you plan on addressing it today. I don't know if there's anything to address, but is there anything you want to tell me? Because we're getting asked. And they know, they know the message boards exist. They know that emails exist. They know the talk shows exist. They know. 
And they know that this fan base is paying attention to those videos, paying attention to the commentary. And if a guy's played a lot of football for you, like let's say Jerry Smith was a thousand yard rusher for you and he's suddenly not there over the course of a week, people notice Jerry Smith's not there. So they're going to ask. And it's just a professional courtesy at that point to pull a coach or the SID aside and say, hey, look, man, our thousand yard rusher, Jerry Smith, isn't here. What gives? Now, they may, they may say, hey, listen, he, he's he got the flu. It's nothing. He's he's going to be out this week. They've been doing IV fluids, trying to get him right, but he's been really under the weather, and coach wants to give him the week. Okay, and then we're not going to report on that. Whatever, Jerry Smith has the flu. People get the flu. Happens. Guys miss work. Or they're going to flat out tell you, we got a problem, and it's going to be addressed by coach at the next practice. Okay, well, then he's going to address it. And because you don't know if it's an injury or whatever, you just leave it alone because he's going to address it. But the one thing I've noticed with this group is if a player is not there for any prolonged period of time, and if, in fact, it's going to be a problem, as in he wants to leave, they want him to leave, whatever it is, they pull his name from the roster. Like, one day you look at the roster, he's there. The next, he's not. He's not on the roster. And it's at that point you know, dude's gone. It may not have been announced publicly. may not have been. If he's on the roster, there's nothing to report other than he's on the roster. I, I don't know. I, you know, who knows? Myriad reasons why he's not at practice. I don't know. But I get it, man. I get it. I get it with all the people that ask because in the era of the NIL, and I said this is the spring of hurt feelings, man. It's the it's the spring of hurt feelings. There are veteran players who've played a lot of football here that I suspect by spring's end will be gone. I don't know if that's what's going to happen with Derek McClendon. People are asking, you know, where's Derek McClendon? Last I checked, his name's still on the roster. That is correct. As of 15 seconds ago. His name's still on the roster. If you want me to speculate, I'll speculate that we'll know something by Tuesday for sure. And I, I, I believe that. I believe we'll know whatever we need to know by Tuesday. Put it that way. Because they got a scrimmage Saturday, guys. They got a scrimmage. It's fairly important. It's, it's it, you know, it's fairly important. So if you, you know, just add it all up. It's not hard. That's all I'll say about that. Got a scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, I will also say, you know, as we kind of navigate through these <laughs> interesting times in college football with everything that's in play, I think a lot, what, what most fans will do, and I think to some extent will do, in the areas where you think that you're going to have attrition just because there's too many bodies or there's, let's say, a transfer comes in who plays the same position, you know, you're going to circle some people in those segment groups and be like, keep your eye on so-and-so. I mean, we're all going to do that. If you've got nine viable receivers, I'm not saying we do, but let's just say you had nine viable receivers, well, you might want to keep your eye on that position group because a few of those guys are not going to get the run they were hoping to get by definition. The numbers tell you that. And they're going to go find some place where they can. Already had that happen. It already happened with Malik McLean, so it's not surprising, right? It's not going to be surprising if somebody in that running back room decides too many bodies, too many people here. I, I'm just not going to get the touches that I want. I'd like to be featured a little bit more. No hard feelings. Let's hope. Peace. 
you know, that it can happen. That too has already happened, by the way, uh, at running back. So, you know, does it happen on the offensive line? Does it happen at defensive end? Does it happen in, in the secondary? I don't know, but if you had to, if you told me right now, do you think over under two and a half players before the end of spring? Oh, easily. Easily over. over. Hammer the over. And that's not because of inside knowledge. It's just the basics of, do you want to play? And kids want to play, and I don't blame them for wanting to play. Right. It's getting harder to play here. That's a good thing. That is the, that's what you like about any of this. Used to be if a player who had been playing for you and was a starter for you, regardless of what level of starter you thought he was, he was taking up, you know, he took valuable snaps for you. If all of a sudden he left, there just wasn't a lot to replace him. You got really nervous very quickly. Like, eh, that's not good. That guy can play. We got a problem here. He may be a problem in the locker room, but he could play. We need him out there. Um, and then, uh, you know, but we don't do that now. Now we look in those segment groups that I was alluding to and a guy doesn't play or a guy's not there or a guy's you whispers of a guy being disgruntled or whatever it might be. And you're like, eh, if he leaves, he leaves. Good luck to him. As you're sorting these things out, you've seen practices twice this week. I have. Both yep. full contact. Uh-huh. Who impressed you the most yesterday? Is there a guy that stands out? Maybe two? Kyle Morlock. Kyle Morlock. Okay. Kyle Morlock's a beast, kids. He was a safety valve for at least a half dozen targets in a short period of time there. And then he had a nice little double move. I, I don't know that we're allowed to say what the double move was. I yeah. saw that it was cleaned up in my initial draft versus what made publishing. Yeah. But a nice little double move. Yeah. He is just smooth. He's, he's a big, smooth. strong, fast, athletic kid. He's yep. going to play, guys. He's going to play. Good top-end speed. Yeah. Kyle impressed me yesterday. I thought he had a really good day. Really good day. He continues to impress me. He's bigger than I, I say it every time I talk about him. He's a lot bigger than I thought he was going to be. Not height. I'm talking about thicker. He's thicker in the waist and yeah. the, in the, in the, in the thighs. I, yeah, he, yeah, he does. He does. Um, so, and Any, there, there's some hidden the going trenches? on out there. Anybody in the trenches? yesterday yeah we already had the aforementioned um well keandre jones had the rep but Ke- was- keandre jones had a good day and then uh i mentioned him last night who did i mention last night um had a good day iron i uh richardson oh yeah daughtry daughtry yeah. richardson had a good day yesterday as well daughtry he did. was brought up in post practice yeah, yeah. Daughtry, daughtry yeah. had his best day best day yet of any day that he's ever been out there that he had his best day yet that is for sure I agree with that. I thought he was good yesterday. I thought a lot of guys took turns having very good reps. So, you know, you you want a guy who dominates every time. Doesn't really happen out here right now. There's too many good players across from you. You're not going to win every rep. You're not going to dominate every practice. But if you have more good than bad in a given day, you'll stand out. Daughtry did yesterday. Keandre Jones did yesterday. Armella did yesterday. Those guys all had good days. And I'm really locked in on the trenches right now. Uh, there have been days where I walked away from the trenches and thought, Daryl Jackson, Daryl Jackson, Daryl Jackson. Let's just talk about Daryl Jackson. Yesterday wasn't one of those days. Which follows form because the offense as a whole bounced back yesterday. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there on Tuesday, but everybody's consensus was defense wins the day. It's not all that close. That passing game yesterday was very, very good and balanced. Every quarterback had two or three throws where you say, wow, quite a few receivers took over portions of the day. And a couple of them straight up dominated, which is great. And it's not just Johnny. I'll give you some inside dope, everybody. Here you go. You're not going to get this 
at the house. My man ETSU, Etsu had himself a good day yesterday. Tyler Keltner, also known as ETSU. Etsu, in, at least in the portion that I watched, and I didn't watch all of what they did, but in the portion that I watched, Etsu made several 55-yard field goals, as, as in three. You told me about that because it was on the near field mm -hmm. during a, a, a sequence. They both went one for two in the uh, early portion of, of special teams. Mm -hmm. I think it was 23 and 46 were the kicks. 23? Who the hell missed the 23 yard? The 33, sorry. 30, it's 23 yard line. 33 and 46 were the two kicks that they each attempted. And then late, they both missed a long field goal. So I think they were both one for three. When you in were the official in the portion. official portion. But then on the side work, apparently, yeah, he was turning heads. It was uh, oh, Etsu. Etsu was turning heads all right. Come on, Tyler. Let's get that consistency going. I was impressed. Very, very impressed. Uh, but, yeah, again, I missed some of those. Um, I, don't know, I missed a few things there. The special teams, you just kind of, you're like, okay, these guys. It's, the easy, it's not easy at a game. But these practices with these kids, what, what, how farcical. Just standing over there, just do to do, hacky sacking it for hours on end. You guys aren't doing a damn thing. I agree. We should be hearing about dead leg, not dead arm. Kyle Morlock, man. That was my guy yesterday. He had a good day. You know, Marcuston Douglas has a good biscuit, has a good day every day. He's pretty solid. Oh, I meant to mention Lucas Simmons, too. Again, a good day for the offensive line. Lucas Simmons provided his most consistent level of good play yesterday. He was rep to rep. He was better than he's been in, since he's been here. I mean, All he's right. young. No, he's 6'8", 310, but he's got that huge base, but he's gangly up top, and sometimes he, you know, I mean, he's struggling. He's, he's going against some of these, you know, veteran players, and they've, they've kind of beat him up a little bit at times. But yesterday, he was more consistent, so that was good to see. Hey, Armella can throw in a little snarl, right? Mm -hmm. Teach him a little snarl. You know, one of the things that I like doing when we're out there, and I, I, I know we got to go to break, but one of the things I like doing when we're out there is, kind of discovering amongst the young players who's taking them under their wing, who who are they learning things from, who are they gravitating to. You know, friendships, bonds are forged. That's, you know, one of the beautiful, beautiful things that exist in sport and certainly in football, a sport where you sacrifice so much physically, you, you tend to bond uh, a lot quicker. And and you'll bond with your segment group mates. I mean, you're going to you know, meetings together, you eat together, you work out together, you do all these things. And it's cool. Bryce and Estes and Lucas Simmons seem to have a friendship. And uh, Estes and him were talking at length after practice yesterday. Um, you know, Bryson is is, is a, a tough SOB and kind of a, I, I don't know. He, he They're does, very different offensive linemen. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one's 6'8", the other's 6'3". One's a guard, one's a tackle. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was cool just to listen to watch those two kind of talk. They were talking about technique. They were talking about a lot of things. It was neat. It was good, good for those two. That's the second time I've seen it. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, 
we've got some stuff that we can do and and start to play with maybe over the weekend here um, for Streamyard, which will be cool because we can customize it. Uh, in the interim, if while you're watching this show, just weird things pop up while we're talking or images that you were like, what is what was that? Nothing crazy. Not but the just, bots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if any of that happens, then you'll 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 know what what's going on there. It's just Director Matthew fooling around with some stuff. Pull up that box score, buddy. Let's see it. Let's see if it works. Director is working feverishly on it. Yeah, yeah it's too small right now, but we're getting there. Yeah, you we're can almost there. see it. It's you pretty close. It's better than the FSU scoreboard at Hauser. Ideal. <laughs> <laughs> or the one at football before they fixed it last year. Yeah. Remember that? It's like, how much time is on the play clock? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The technology over there is not. We got we got to do better. We've got <laughs> we've got to do better. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll be playing around with that. We'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully good things. Hopefully learn something. It'll, it'll be nice. By the way, did you, uh, I, you and I didn't get a chance to talk about this. Rick Patino has been named as the new head coach of St. John's buddy. I haven't talked to my dad yet about it. So here's, what's funny. So for those that don't know, Tom has family that <laughs> my dad's alma mater. It's his alma mater. And wasn't his brother like the damn athletic director there? At Georgetown. At Georgetown. He okay, went to yeah. St. John's for his undergrad, but he turned his back on St. John's. Oh, my goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah. That's a big thing between the brothers. There's a whole Big East affiliation here oh, in God. all those years. Yeah. Well, anyhow, now you got the upstanding and ethical one in Rick Petito making his way to St. <laughs> John's. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, listen, he'll make his return to Madison Square Garden where he previously coached the Knicks for a minute, 88, 89, before uh, jumping at the chance to go to Kentucky. Remember that? It's such a layered thing, too, because up there, I was there last week, and, and Patino's name had come up. I want to make some waves in New York, but nothing crazy until the tournament. St. John's, however, would make waves. They play in the Garden, for crying out loud. People are like, can't wait to see him be the coach at St. John's. I'm like, you. You who are wearing a 9-11 sweatshirt right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is such a layered thing up there. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm old, and I can remember when Louis Carnesecca was the coach. You've heard that name. Absolutely. was the all-time great. By the way, Louis Carnesecca is uh, 98 years old and still alive. I don't know that everybody knows that, because Louis Carnesecca looked old as hell when he was coaching, and he was 60. And that was, that's 38 years ago, Tom. That's a long time ago. I believe he and Hubie Brown fought in the Civil War. <laughs> I mean, he retired in 92, and he looked ancient. I remember thinking, oh, Lou, who's going to kick the bucket? Then I looked it up. He was 67 when he retired. He was 67 going on 100, and now he's 98. I hate to think what Lou Carnesecca looks like now. It's just dust with legs. <laughs> he's somehow still Jesus. with us. <laughs> I mean, come on. But since he's left. Just what I think I've heard it all with morbidity in you. Dust with legs. Oh, man. Here are all the coaches. They've gone through a bunch of them uh, since uh, Karnaseka left in 92. Uh, that's It's it's crazy to think about. There was Brian Mahoney. I love that his name was Mahoney. He was there from 92 to 96. Sure he wasn't a cop? <laughs> Irish cop, but he did hit you in the side of the head with his billy club for not getting off the walkway. And he calls it the billy. Oh, yeah. I'll hit you with the billy. Yeah, that's it. Stand down, son. Fran Frischilla was the head coach at St. John's. Fran does a great – I'm glad he got fired after two years because Fran did a, does a great job for ESPN. Absolutely. He does a great job. I hate that he was fired for allegedly abusing players, but 
There's that. Hey, it was the mid-90s. The different time. Mike Jarvis was the coach. We remember Mike Jarvis's era? Not really. Kevin Clark, Norm Roberts, Steve Lavin was the coach at St. John's. People, Chris Mullen, forgettable tenure. Oh, Chris Mullen. Oh, they really wanted it to work in the St. John's Oh, you community. think? You think yeah. so? wonder why. Anyhow, Chris went 59 and 73, and basically my man was there for four years, didn't even get through the fourth. They said, you can get, get time. You, you go ahead. Call it a day. Mike Anderson. Anderson was the coach, and, and now here we go. Patino, he'll have success. I mean, he will. He'll win there. He wins. He does. Now, he does a lot of other things. I believe he said he deserved it, oh, I think. I hope. In his presser. I really hope that's what he said. I deserve this. He's 70. After all I've been through. He may have calmed down. Maybe no more table concerns. He's uh, 70 years old. I don't know that the women are throwing themselves at uh, Rick Pitino the way they did on a fateful night at an Italian restaurant. Maybe in Bensonhurst at a senior <laughs> citizen home. <laughs> I hope everybody at St. John's to make him feel welcome lights up a cigarette the second he steps on to the court. What, it was nothing better than when he was over there in Greece. A bunch of Greeks over here. He's just disparaging the Greek people left and right. They're disgusting. <laughs> people probably forget that, but I re I talked to we brought it up on we the don't air. Forget. It was one of my favorite things. What is with these Greeks. They're just all smoking like chimneys during the game, like 1920s at the polo grounds or something like it. That's the, the most amazing thing to me. I love old pictures. I, I The fact that they have been able to advance technology to a place where you can colorize photos that were black and white, I find it mesmerizing. You know, they, the technology's gotten so good that sometimes you don't even – realize like oh that was from 1880 goodness gracious you know so you look at these pictures but every time i what what it does do it also makes the faces of the individuals a little bit clearer so you can see their expressions and you can look at them and every time i see pictures of 1937 fans at a baseball game i think what is going on what these guys are 30 going on 77 in death all of them are wearing three-piece suits, wool, in the dead of summer, top hats. Every person there smoking like it's the last thing they're ever going to get to do. They all look like the bitter beer face guy. Oh, it's it's brutal. They're just smoking and smoking and smoking and looking around, watching a baseball game. It's 105 in a suit with cigarette smoke in your eyes on a Tuesday afternoon trying to take in a baseball game. Did nobody look around and go, what are we doing? This is ridiculous. Why are we dressed like this? Put your cigarette out, Steve. Fans, our partner ISF Inc. is a national...